0: This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network.
1: And welcome to another episode of Queen City Nerves News Hounds Podcast. Short episode for you today. Scheduling conflicts and the fact that we're going to be coming out early, in case you know this. I don't think any of our listeners really know what day we come out, but uh as much as we just recently changed it, we're coming out even earlier than that this week because uh, Justin and I are leaving town. But we were able to squeeze this interview in with Priya Sakar, uh, Charlotte. I guess it's not new anymore. It's been about a year. Charlotte's uh, arts and culture officer, first ever. Um, I prefer the term arts czar, but do you do you like? I, does, I don't. Does that sound too authoritarian? It does. It does. It's not yeah. really.
0: It's not my style. Sorry is
1: just a fun (laughs) word to say, but no, yeah, it doesn't usually fit. Um, Well, how's it going?
0: Going great. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming
1: in. I just learned, uh, I've met you a couple of times. We've gotten to talk over social media and and as well as a few arts events, but I just learned before we got in the mics that you are actually from Austin, where I am headed in a couple days.
0: Yes, and I'm excited that you're going. I always wish I could show people around in person, but in lieu of that, I... We'll be sending you a long list nice. of recommendations.
1: That makes me happy. Um, how, so, what, what's your history in Charlotte? What, how long did you live in Austin? Was there any in betweens? Or
0: yeah, sure. Uh, so I, um, so like many mm-hmm. people who call Austin home, I adopted Austin mm-hmm. as my home. So I uh, lived there for 13 years. I went to undergrad there to the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed, like a lot of people do. Right. Um, that's sort
1: of the the Charlotte of the, I won't say West, but it is the second us and them sort of flip flop back and forth between fastest growing cities. So I assume a, yeah. that they're as transplant as we are.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, it's it's really been very fast growing for many decades. Um, and uh, so I, I am from Texas, but you know, moved to Austin and and felt this. Moment where the clouds parted, and it was like, ah, oh, this is my place, right. you know? Uh, um, and so, yeah, it was a great place to live, great place to uh, be involved in arts and culture. And um, then there were some in betweens before I got to Charlotte. I moved to New York and lived there for nine years, uh, went to grad school there, and stayed on there for uh, several years after that. Then I moved to Miami, mm-hmm. where I uh, was with the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, which is headquartered in Miami, but uh, supports arts and culture and other community initiatives in Charlotte and other cities. That's when I first started to come to Charlotte right. and uh, and just fell in love with the people and the arts and culture here. And so I guess my history in Charlotte really begins then in right. twenty eighteen when I uh, started to come to the city, started meeting people, and just experiencing what happens in charlotte and all of the really great arts and culture happening here um and then i moved here last fall and so you're right i have been in uh charlotte as a relatively new transplant uh for just a little bit over a year and that's also how long i've been in the role
1: nice so on the flip side of that my only trip to miami from Charlotte was because of the Knight Foundation as well. Oh. I visited, or I went for the convention that they held there, and I think it's their annual one. But it was there in 2020, okay. which was like Fev- I think early March. So mm-hmm. it was like I just remember seeing like one person at the airport with a mask on, and I was just like, "Is that going to be a thing? Like, <laughs> is that COVID I keep hearing mm-hmm. about going to be an actual thing?" But uh, yeah, so I'm glad I got that trip into Miami right before everything. Went to hell. I
0: remember that. Mm-hmm. So that was the the journalism conference, yeah, right. and so I was there as well because oh, nice. pretty much all the Knight Foundation staff attend that, even if we're not working in the journalism program. Right. You yeah. know, and so um, even though I was. Uh, And the arts program, Mm -hmm. I was present, and I do recall that that was one of the last big gatherings before everything went on lockdown. Well, it was a
1: it was a fun trip. I was sort of flying solo, but also had friends from Charlotte Media that went to like Wynwood and stuff and checked out murals. Mm -hmm. But uh, also just had some time to check out the city by myself, and it was a blast. But um, good. Staying on topic here, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about this position and how you sort of landed here. I mean, what before we even get into that, what were sort of your impressions of Charlotte that, upon visiting here, once this position became available? Because I assume this position is what officially made you say it's worth moving. But you already had an you already had some experience of visiting here with Knight Foundation, right? Yes. Uh, so what was it? What was sort of your impression of Charlotte that made it? when this became available, say, well, that's a city I could live in after being in Austin, Miami, New York?
0: Sure. Um, So my first impression of Charlotte uh, was that the people were really friendly and welcoming and doing interesting things, and that Charlotte was a city that had many artistic disciplines. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is always exciting to me, um, both as a person who's uh, perhaps formerly practicing artist Mm -hmm. as well as someone who just loves to experience arts and culture. Um, And uh, so, you know, when I first came here in 2018, I was fortunate to get to meet a lot of artists and creatives and people who are involved in arts and culture with many different types of organizations, all different sizes and, um, you know, different fields of arts and culture, um, people who were staff, volunteers, Mm -hmm. supporters, funders, you know, all many different, um, uh, roles that they played in, in the arts and culture community. And I was just really struck by the energy and the passion, um, and, You know, the fact that they were kind enough to come out on a Monday night and spend, you know, it was supposed to be a two hour get together that my um, uh, colleagues from night were, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, hosting uh, so that I and my other colleague could could meet people. But, you know, we were there for I think it was four hours and 15 minutes and the kind people at Free Range Brewing sort Mm -hmm. of just gently, you know, let us stay right. while they kind of. At some point, of, you were like, "We
1: got to put the chairs up." Yeah,
0: exactly. They were they were just quietly, you know, putting things away as a as a as a nice little hint that maybe we right. should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that visit and that experience specifically made a huge impression on yeah. me. And um, we went back and just were so enthusiastic about how could we play a role in supporting what was happening here, which mm-hmm. was maybe. Not exactly the same way that Knight had been um, supporting in the past, but kind of building on that. And, um, you know, eventually I just got to know the people and the work more. Um, And so then when this role became available, um, I was vested and excited.
1: that's awesome. And it makes me happy to hear just to sort of how recognizable it was to you um, about all these different uh, platforms and mediums and and performers – of all on all different tiers in Charlotte, because I think where our interests line up, I think in a, in a few different ways our interests line up, but I think where our uh, priorities and interests line up in the most is sort of like, it's always been our biggest mission, on top of news, but the reason that we'll never sort of ditch the arts and music coverage, even if it doesn't get as many readers or... or doesn't get as much engagement necessarily as some of the news coverage is because we do believe strongly that whenever you say whenever you hear someone say Charlotte doesn't have much to do there's never anything going on that that's just you telling on yourself that you're not looking and you don't know where to look because there's a lot there's there, a lot going on
0: there's a lot I mean I can I I knew that <laughs> I had a glimpse into that before when I was uh in my previous role and seeking to learn you know mm-hmm. about all that was going on and I can certainly doubly underscore that Mm -hmm. now that I'm in this role, I'm trying to get to things and there is so much going on Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that can um, be the stressful part of our (laughs) job as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the great, it's, it's a great thing about the job and also a a little bit of a challenging definitely.
1: Mm -hmm. So coming, well, before you just mentioned, uh, uh, I think you had to use the word former, uh, practicing (laughs) artist. what sort of medium or platform were you an artist working in?
0: Sure. I, um, my, I would say my primary, uh, uh, area or discipline mm-hmm. has been dance and choreography in okay. adulthood. I mean, I was fortunate to grow up playing music and, um, you know, uh, I was playing piano and, you know, played in band for right. a while. And But I was, I was dancing growing up uh, and then I kind of got into theater and um, film. You know, Austin's a great film town as well. And All so right. that's a place where I got involved in that as well. But the thing that I've done, my whole life and that I really, uh, stuck with as, you know, an adult practitioner, um, has been dance and choreography and okay. I don't get to do it as much anymore, right. which is yeah. why I said former. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, still, um, I still have the impulse and Carry of, that passion. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. And I always, I'm Looking for ways that you know right. I might be able to keep doing it. Does it does seem
1: like that's seem expanding a little bit. It's one of those uh, subcultures that we don't get to cover as much. There's not as many writers pitching us dance stories and stuff, but <laughs> there is there is a strong scene for the ones who are close to it, and uh, I always appreciate the chance to cover it. Um, so now let's talk about this arts and culture officer gig. It, it it came at the end of as I'm sure you may have retroactively became aware. It came at the end of a long many years of discussion as to how to quote-unquote fix the arts funding and a lot of controversy over how it was being done here in the city and uh, philanthropic funding going way down and uh, arts and science culture council was in charge of it and they there was just a lot of different controversy I'll I'll link to all the reporting we did to that in the actual post because it'll be a whole new podcast on its own It was years of county and city council meetings and, and a failed tax referendum and this and that so how did you sort of become aware of this and how aware of the of the lead up were you or the controversy, not even controversy, but just what was happening? How aware of that were you or did you have to become and, and sort of learn about as you looked into this position? Uh,
0: great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. A run on question, but. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I give run on an answers, yes. so it's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess I actually was aware. From a distance of a lot of the issues issues and challenges, um, well before I started becoming involved in Charlotte arts and culture funding, um, dating back to when I was in grad school, I focused on um, arts administration was my degree and uh, specifically I you, know, you could focus on whatever different piece of that you wanted to. Um, I was interested in cultural policy and advocacy and my I had a background in um, And funding as well. So uh, I actually uh, was aware of some of, you know, a little bit of the um, landscape of of arts and culture funding in Charlotte from my studies. uh, And because in our classes, we would talk about Mm -hmm. arts and culture funding and policy and different ways it's done. And... uh, you know, I, I actually interviewed Robert Bush as one of my master's thesis interviewees mm-hmm. um, many, many, many years ago, because right. I'm old. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, I guess I, I just, and through that process of studying it, uh, looking at cultural policy um, and funding and advocacy for my master's thesis, and then... Um, you know, being able to, you know, learn through interviews like that. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of got a little bit of uh, the lay of the land. And that's when I, you know, became aware that... Really, the model of a United Arts Fund, which mm-hmm. is what Arts and Council uh, Arts and Science Council mm-hmm. is, and and there are others yeah. around the country, mm-hmm. um, that they were all experiencing challenges mm-hmm. with workplace giving. So was United Way, you know. So were other organizations. That's the, that's the
1: term I was looking for when I said philanthropic. The yeah. workplace giving. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, um, so I would say just on a macro level, I kind of became aware of that and was aware that Charlotte, Mecklenburg County, was a place where this was also um, starting to happen. Um, Later, fast-forwarding to when I was with Knight Foundation, then I started to learn more, of course, as I became involved in Charlotte and was learning as much as I could, as quickly as I could. Um, And uh, part of what I think accelerated my um, just learning about the this, the situation here and how things had been moving mm-hmm. um, was that my role at night you know, one of the key things that I was tasked with when I was brought on was to work with our team to develop city-specific funding strategies, which the arts program at Knight hadn't had before. Um, so we really were seeking to understand, you know, each of the eight core cities that Knight funds in um, and look specifically at how we could play a role and have the greatest positive impact in that scenario. So part of what I also have a background in is strategic planning and cultural planning for communities. Um, But so that uh, kind of background was really helpful, uh, because we just used that amongst our arts team uh, with my colleagues at night, and um, kind of used a lot of the similar approaches that you would that we actually now are um, Uh for arts and culture planning for Charlotte and Mecklenburg um, to uh, just get to know as quickly as possible, uh, as best as we could, what was the current kind of scenario and some of the history leading into that um, and getting to know, you know, who are the players? What are things that seem to be working from what we're hearing from conversations and desk side research? um, What are things that maybe could be improved? um, And also just, you know, what, what are the different different niches that are there when it comes to arts and culture support? Because, of mm-hmm. course, that's the area that we're playing in in right. terms of uh, the role that we can um, contribute in. And so um, we, we used that kind of uh, approach to figure out how we might support, you know, in Charlotte. Right. Um, so I would say that, that the fact that that was my task mm-hmm. uh, and that my colleagues and I were engaged in that helped me to get up to speed mm-hmm. on... Some of the things that had long been discussed and um, that this community was already trying to address. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, then, as we got into 2019 and the sales tax referendum, uh, because we were, you know, actively supporting arts and culture and seeking to see, like, you know, how how could we? We
1: mean night. Night. I okay, mean, night. Right. Yeah.
0: So my myself and our, mm-hmm. our organization this is and pre, colleagues pre pre, pre any position. of this happening. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, so you know we were certainly just having conversations and trying to stay abreast of what was going on and kind of you know watching with great interest mm-hmm. uh, um, and um, you know just again trying to um, stay uh, in the loop on how things were progressing and, right. and what was happening on the ground here. Uh, And, uh, you know, one of our great, you know, um, boons was that we had a great uh, night team partner in Charles Thomas, who is the uh, Charlotte program director, Mm -hmm. um, not in the arts program, but in the National Community Initiatives program at night. And so, you know, together we were really following, you know, what was what was happening. Um, So I think we, you know, really was just we were. In, in the loop in conversations as much as we could be uh, through that time. Mm-hmm. So then when sort of you know, spring of last year rolled mm-hmm. around, uh, we kind of knew some of the lead up to that, but um, certainly as we started to kind of become aware that things were changing uh, or new ideas were being proposed, um, then we tried to find out as much as we could right. as quickly as we could. And you know, one of the ways we did that was actually tuning into some of those Zoom community right. conversations that were happening. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point in particular, um, you know our the Knight Foundation, Vice President of Arts, Mm -hmm. myself, you know, as a Director of Arts, and our Program Officer, who uh, was also, you know, funding here and part of our team working here. We And, of course, Charles, as Mm -hmm. the Charlotte Program Director, all of us were among 75 people who were on a Zoom call um, uh, that was this virtual community conversation. And I think it was through conversations like that that Mm -hmm. we were uh, just really, you know, trying to, again, um, learn what was happening and what the various perspectives were. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and then, um, you know, just kind of kept an eye on what was happening. And that's how I became aware Mm -hmm. that this role was created. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that sort of was your, uh, lead into it. So now sort of jumping forward, we're a year in, I know you guys have started some of the community outreach events, uh, full disclosure, my girlfriend, Christine was, a contractor to uh, help plan some of those uh, first slate of community outreach events and uh, that's not why I'm biased I'm biased from what I said earlier because I'm invested in seeing you guys succeed for sure Um, but and I wouldn't even call that bias I would just call it uh, very much invested in seeing this go well as opposed to badly but just tell me a little bit about, in those community outreach events, what you've learned that you didn't already know from your time at night, sort of watching from afar. Now that you're in the thick of it, and you've created a committee, um, committee, or a, what is it, a board? We have an advisory board. Advisory mm-hmm. board, the Autoculture yeah. Advisory Board. Um, you guys have been holding events, holding meetings, working behind the scenes, doing this and that. Tell me a little bit about sort of what's come on out of that first year of since its formation and since you were brought on to things that maybe you didn't see, didn't think about, didn't consider that have really become focal points or or may become focal points in the future? Because I know you, there's a lot of short-term as well as long-term work going, in, going on simultaneously.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, so, you know, in my first year, well, so the advisory board that was uh, established, and for listeners who may not be familiar with mm-hmm. it, uh, that was uh, established as part of the same structure, you know, where this role was created as mm-hmm. well. Um, right. The advisory board was fully appointed um, after I came into the role. And so we're coming up on about a year that the mm-hmm. board has been together. And the first meeting was really in December. So the board has been together. We've been doing this work together for less than a year, in right. fact. Uh, and we have kind of two main streams of work. And one is funding and the other is developing this comprehensive arts and culture plan. And so the first few months, we actually did it, Quite quickly, but uh, but I'm happy that we were able to put together this comprehensive um, request for proposals mm-hmm. because, you know, while my role is to oversee this work working with our advisory board, uh, you do need a team of people to lead a comprehensive planning process, especially in a community the size mm-hmm. of Charlotte and right. Lindbergh, you know, it's a, we're a large city, you know, and um, so working closely with the board together, we, we formed a, a, a committee, and mm-hmm. so I and some of my staff colleagues supported that, and then we had a subset of the advisory board that was a working group that really focused on the arts and culture plan. And so using the um, kind of mandate that uh, the city council had put forth, mm-hmm. when they Called for an arts and culture plan to be developed. We used that information and um, in the things that they, uh, you know, was their motivation to right. see a comprehensive plan developed, use that to work it into a request for proposals uh, that then we used to. Um, hire a consultant team that would deliver on you know the mandate and mm-hmm. be able to facilitate. Really, they're facilitators. You know, right. they, the, these consultants aren't. They're not here to say you should do X, Y, Z. But right. what they are here to do is facilitate a process by which For we mm-hmm. we are coming up with. You know, identifying. What are what are the things that are working? What's not working? What do we want to see? Mm-hmm. What are potential uh, solutions to get to where we want to be? Uh, and so their role truly is facilitation, as well as you know having insights that really come from working all over the country and all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so um, that's it, Lord
1: cultural resource. That's right, right. That's
0: right. Yeah, and um, you know having that Um, kind of benefit of working in different places and bringing some of that food for thought that are, you know, we can take them or leave them, but it is helpful to see how other places do certain things, what might be applicable here, what isn't. Um, and so where we are in the process now is that uh, they came on board, um, We and, and it was led by Lord Cultural Resources uh, and, and with a team that was also with Civility Localized right. as the local community outreach partner, as well as Fourth Economy, which... Uh, is the economic impact uh, consultant, mm-hmm. um, and they they have uh, a background in working with arts and culture economies as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we basically launched that work, laid the groundwork for it um, in May and June. Um, we also, in addition to the Arts and Culture Advisory Board, we have a group that is other community steering group members that are Mm complementing the expertise that we already had on the advisory board. So in fact, we have a group of, you know, if you've got the sort of 18 advisory board members Mm -hmm. um, and you add the additional complementary group of other community uh, leaders, we've really got um, 40, you know, perspectives from across the uh, community, both arts and culture, as well as other sectors. Um, And, uh, so it's really wonderful and also best practice mm-hmm. to have a group like that that is the sounding board you know to make sure we're going about this process in the right way and it, you know is a group that is reflecting as much as possible the breadth of this community right. so that those perspectives are on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, they are just a wonderful passionate group yeah. of people, both the advisory board that puts in so much work yeah. and then the additional steering group members as well. Um, and so when we launched that groundwork in May and June, it was really initial uh, kind of research to just you know help the consultant team get up to speed. You know they've read every background document you could imagine, mm-hmm. um, dating back several years, right. you know including past arts and culture plans that mm-hmm. have been debe- developed you know back to you know probably 2014 at least, mm-hmm. um, and then. Um, and then planning for the design of the rest of this process, mm-hmm. uh, and so working with the advisory board as well as the input of kind of um, some arts and culture community folks um, back in June, just to help start that thinking process of what should, what does this need to look like for us to make sure we're really hearing from everyone we need to hear right. from. And that's the community engagement piece, as well as other things that they need to be researching. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Where we are now is, as you referred to, we're in this, I call it the most intense period Mm -hmm. of community engagement, because it's not the only community engagement, but it is the uh, the part that is our most concentrated listening period, where we and the consultant team are gathering information. So as you noted, we have been doing uh, both in-person and virtual meetings mm-hmm. and workshops and um, uh, listening sessions for about a couple of months now. We are coming up on the end of this uh, piece of the work, mm-hmm. which is at the end of this month. Um, and so one of the key pieces of, of uh, this process is an online survey which right. I hope if if listeners haven't yet taken this online survey they will still take it and we are accepting responses through October 30th okay and um, so these are those are just you know the the meetings as well as the survey those are just a couple of the ways and that, we'll put people that on can our do that
1: website post for sure Wonderful. so if you're listening on Spotify just go over to our website post and you can find the survey for sure
0: thank you thank Mm -hmm. you yeah and share it you know with your friends and family and anyone you know um and so we're really gathering all that information and this is all leading up to along with other research they're doing as i mentioned into what some other cities do kind of benchmarking Mm -hmm. uh charlotte against other cities you mentioned austin Mm -hmm. austin's one of the ones that you know we're looking at um but there are others uh and and also they're Looking at the funding landscape here, because obviously that's one of that's been one of the challenges, mm-hmm. and so they're assessing what is the funding environment like here for arts and culture, uh, and uh, these are some of the key pieces of research that they are currently engaged in. Mm-hmm. And come next month, uh, toward the end of the month, we will be getting sort of the first big report from mm-hmm. this process which is called the State of Culture report. Okay. And that's exciting yeah, because it yeah, it's where they're really going to be synthesizing all these different threads of research mm-hmm. including the community engagement to share what what they're learning right. and what are the implications for potential solutions. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not any recommendations yet, but it is what are it's what are the glimpse. findings? Yeah, right. so first glimpse. It's what are the findings, and then what are the implications of those right. findings?
1: That's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very awesome. And 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 again, the we will be sharing that publicly because mm-hmm. obviously we've yeah. been hearing from the public, and so and we want to we will certainly share. cover it as well. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and just something, we got a couple more minutes. I know you got to be somewhere. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. I did want to give you a chance to address one thing because, as you know, I cover city council, and this has been hasn't been without controversy because nothing in city council is without controversy. But there has been some um, pushback, I guess, from certain council members, and it's a very sort of a, a bipartisan thing that's happening here because Tariq Makari and Braxton Winston, specifically, who don't agree on anything, are the two that are sort of been sort of pushing back on some of the more short-term funding things that you guys have to put out to ASC which is where this all started, um, and saying, well, hold on a second. You guys are making decisions without – the council wants more say. And then you have other people who are involved in the – in the what's it called? The ad hoc com- uh, committee that sort of created this whole process, like Julie Isel, who's now off the council, and Ed Driggs, who's a Republican. And they're both saying, well, no, this is exactly how it was supposed to operate. We created this process so that they could do this because they know what they're doing. So uh, that's a very um, – that's a very shortened version of some of the the discussions that have been happening at city council but when you're hearing that and watching these council meetings what is your sort of reaction to that when you're hearing someone say um you know this is they're not bringing us to the table on this uh, or they're not following our vision or asking us our vision for it what is sort of your takeaway from that
0: that's so a great question. <laughs> also, you did a great job uh, summarizing. Summarizing the, a lot. The, a yeah. lot there. Um, That's you know, what council quickies are for. That's yes, what I did. I, summar, which, yeah. I know, Which <laughs> and I appreciate those because mm-hmm. I read them. Um, uh, you know, what? when I hear those conversations, it's really eye-opening for me because I look at, the ad hoc committee recommendations last year—that are um, the recommendations which led to the formation of the advisory board, mm-hmm. my position being created, and um, you know even the, the idea of the infusion fund, public-private partnership, as mm-hmm. well as calling for a comprehensive plan—you um, know I I look at that as the mandate right. that we were given, and I know the advisory board does as well. I know that because. I've provided it's been right. many times, <laughs> right. and we talk about it mm-hmm. in our meetings, which, by the way, are public. If mm-hmm. anyone wants to come, just like all city council boards and meetings, they are public, uh, and people do come. and And I think that that transparency is important, and I'm glad we have that. Right. Um, so, I guess I will just say, you know, with with some of those conversations, I I do find it just eye opening, and I I. Um, I I feel that what I was handed when I came into this role as that ad hoc committee's recommendations uh that that has really uh been the sort of marching orders right. you know for myself and for the board and as a group we've taken them as such and uh you know we've worked hard to implement them and we're I think we're implementing all of them we're, we're you know on our way on right. the, on the different pieces of it so um, you know, I I guess for some of your listeners may be aware. This is also my first time working in city government, right? And that's also been an eye opening mm-hmm. experience. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me, I uh, I think I I know that this arts and culture plan is kind of job number one, mm-hmm. uh, because you know while we have a temporary funding. Pool, mm-hmm. which is this infusion fund, which is a great um, opportunity, thanks to these funding partners. Um, and you know, I know this from my previous role that this is more money mm-hmm. that we have had available for arts and culture support Absolutely. in Charlotte for several yeah. years. Huge. So it's a big deal, more than you know. Yes yeah, yeah, sure. many many years. Uh, I know we have mm-hmm. the Maybe data ever. on it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's it's exciting to have this opportunity to provide greater you know support for the arts and culture community Mm -hmm. here um and so you know i think we while we have that we also know that we have to come up with some solutions that uh last beyond this temporary period and so really that's the prize mm-hmm. that I have my eyes on and that I know our advisory board mm-hmm. does as well and really our steering group, too. Um, so, and that's why this plan is so important. Awesome. So we just keep putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Absolutely. And next month will be our first sort of look at the preliminary draft of, of what those solutions might look like in moving forward. So we're going to look forward to that. Uh, I'm going to let you get on the road, but everyone take that survey before October 30th, and then we'll be, we'll be writing and, and reporting on what comes out of uh, the draft in November but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on here and chatting about the process.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks for making Absolutely. time to uh, talk about my favorite subject. That's <laughs> what we do.
1: All right, cool, Priya. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more in the future as this, uh, as this arts plan comes together. But thanks for coming on the podcast to, to start the conversation.
0: Thank you, and enjoy All right.
1: Austin. All right, bye. Cheers.
0: queencitypodcastnetwork.com